Hello and welcome to today's episode of The Quad Shot, where we help you down and digest the day's most pertinent cancer news. It's November 28th, 2022. Welcome to The Quadcast. Let's dive in. First up, election denial. Why head neck squamous cell carcinoma, with all its hallmarks of immunogenicity, has seen largely lackluster results with immune checkpoint inhibition remains a bit of an enigma. Are you ready for a novel, thought-provoking hypothesis as to why? Standard elective nodal irradiation may dampen the immune response in tumor-draining lymph nodes. In mouse models, where all received immunotherapy, but some received ablative radiation to gross tumor alone, and others received standard conventionally fractionated radiation to both the tumor and elective nodes, those receiving elective nodal irradiation demonstrated a much weaker systemic immune response based on detailed analyses of tumor, nodal, and serum immune markers. To confirm the importance of the draining lymph nodes, a similar reduction in immune response was observed when a lymph node dissection was performed in lieu of elective nodal irradiation. In contrast, tumor-only radiation and immunotherapy resulted in excellent local and distant tumor control. The problem was that this approach resulted in increased regional recurrence, which was the dominant pattern of failure. In other words, a potential reason elective nodal radiation has proved so effective for head and neck squamous cell carcinoma is that it has a preponderance for failure in the draining lymph nodes. But interestingly, immunotherapy did not reduce nodal recurrence. Therefore, the negative immunogenic effects of nodal irradiation are outweighed, at least potentially, by the reduction in regional recurrence. The study also suggested the sequencing of immunotherapy and elective nodal irradiation and surgery may influence immunogenic response. Surgery after immunotherapy did not dampen systemic anti-tumor immunity. The bottom line is, while elective nodal irradiation for head and neck squamous cell carcinoma may actually dampen systemic immunity from immunotherapy, regional therapy remains essential in preventing regional recurrence. A better understanding of head and neck squamous cell carcinoma immunity and the optimal sequencing of local, regional, and systemic therapy may improve treatment outcomes. Thanks to DARA, Nature Communications, 2022. Up second, Genomics 11. Bladder preserving therapy for muscle invasive bladder cancer is a Category 1 strategy per NCCN, but we've all learned that selecting ideal candidates is important. Things such as hydronephrosis and carcinoma in situ have long been taught as features of patients that do poorly with non-surgical management. But the question is, can we do better in 2022? High levels of MRE11 a DNA nuclease that helps coordinate DNA damage repair is seen as a harbinger of intrinsic cellular deficiencies in DNA damage repair. In other words, more and more MRE11 
is expressed in the presence of persistent DNA damage. Think hyperinsulinemia in the presence of type 2 diabetes. This pooled analysis of six prospective trials of bladder-preserving therapy for muscle-invasive bladder cancer retrospectively measured MRE11 expression in 135 analyzable pretreatment tumor tissues. As compared to those with expression levels in the lowest quartile, those with higher levels had half the risk of bladder cancer mortality following the bladder-preserving approach of TURBT followed by definitive chemoradiation with a hazard ratio of 0.5, 41% versus 21% at four years. The bottom line is, with further validation, tumor expression of MRE11 may prove a biologic predictor of who is more or less likely to do well with a bladder conservation approach for muscle-invasive bladder cancer. Thanks to Magliocco, JAMA Network Open, 2022. Up next, Rockstar. Results at five years from the IROC Consortium, prospectively evaluating stereotactic body radiation therapy for 190 patients with renal cell carcinoma, reports a local control rate of roughly 95%. Interestingly, Single fraction, as was done for roughly half of patients, resulted in higher local control rates than fractionated SBRT. Three-quarters of patients were inoperable, and nearly one-third had a solitary kidney. Nonetheless, there was a single patient who experienced a grade 3-plus toxicity. Thanks to SIVA. Lancet Oncology, 2022. Finally, PI3 kinase targeted agents are now approved for a host of hematologic malignancies and even some metastatic breast cancers. So it's worth noting that approximately 30% of patients develop a rash, and usually it's a very nonspecific maculopapular rash, but sometimes it's acneiform. These rashes typically respond to antihistamines. Thanks to Jeffrey, JAMA Oncology, 2022. This concludes today's episode of The Quad Shot. If you like what you've heard, please consider giving us a five-star rating and subscribing to our podcast. Also, check out our website at www.quadshotnews.com and subscribe to our newsletter. We'll catch you next time.